Are you completely addicted to ballroom dancing like the doc and me? Or maybe you're just getting started or even an interested wallflower. Wherever you are on your dance journey and however you got there, this podcast is for you. So grab yourself a cup of joe and join me for part two of Dancing Lead and Follow with Arun Garg in this week's episode of Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife. Needless to say, going back to back, like lesson to lesson is very difficult on the brain. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that's what I was quite, so that's a good segue into my next, into my next question, which is what do you find are the biggest challenges in each role? And I guess when you toggle back and forth, you know, between lead and follow back to back, that's difficult, but you have to change yep. your mindset and your frame of mind and what you're paying attention to. But what, what would you say in general are your biggest challenges as a lead and then your biggest challenges as a follow? I don't think there's anything that's like generally applies to both. I think that there is um, like specifically right now, what I'm currently working on is in my own brain is differentiating how I'm using my top blocks of weight. So it's like from the okay. rib cage in the head up, whereas in a lady, we're setting up below that for a poise and a posture to the left mm -hmm. to happen above that in the head and the neckline. And sometimes trying to access an external head weight as a lead, I'll tap into that flexibility and it looks really long. <laughs> like, but I need that space, but I did it in the wrong way as my role or in a way that's not, you know, accepted by what is correct for the standard of what dancing is as a lead. In a partnership, you know, there's certain poises and certain shapes that we just don't typically access. And some right. do and some the extreme and it's rewarded or not at a competition but from what i see like the current standard for example an international standard valerio and anna are a very classic couple uh -huh. super super classic choreography nothing's like pushing the book as far as choreography or shaping but it's done with just incredible quality and movement and connection Mm -hmm. that's what's rewarded and whether or not you have opinions or anyone has opinions about that like that is what the standard is and so like when I think about how much I am, um, have to really put a wall in my brain in terms of what is okay when I'm dancing international standard as a lead and what I can produce in terms of shapes and things like that and what I'm able to do and what is accepted in American smooth as a follow. It's a, it's kind of a huge world of difference. And like, I'll have even the same standard coaches that will come and do a standard coaching and then a smooth coaching right after. And the principles of closed work that they're giving me are often different because the rules are a little more, flexible and American smooth. So I think compartmentalizing the two styles as far as like what is the social expectation is difficult. Yeah, I mean, but but I think in the end, like the benefits outweigh the cons or the difficulties, like the benefits of knowing all of my figures from both sides, knowing what right. the would be, knowing my alignments from both sides, it just makes it easier in a way on everybody. Right. I mean, there's a learning curve where if I think I have an alignment as a follow and I take that alignment without my lead going, then it's a problem. But right, right. You talked a, a little bit about sort of biases about, um, you know, whether you like this particular style or not. I'm going to I'm going to shift a little bit and ask you, right. do you think that there are some judging biases that impact your results? Does yes. that happen sometimes? For sure. And actually, I think. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I and I went into the competitive journey knowing that that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I was more surprised at how few of those dissenting. That's good like, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember my first competition with Joseph was Colorado Star Ball, and we had been dancing for 
three months. So we barely had routines and we got out there and it was a very mixed panel from very, very liberal minded people to extreme conservatives that, that um, very genuinely believe in their style of ballroom that, that has to do a lot with their culture that's derived from religion and where they were grown up and all sorts of things, things that I don't, you know, judge you for. And I, you can't change someone's, you can't really change someone's mind. I think it's very difficult to do that. Right. Um, and so that was a very diverse panel that first time out. <clears throat> and we placed right near the top. I think we placed second place and pretty much every mark was right around there. And there was one or two judges that was like way below that. And yeah. And that those same judges, like in, in an uncontested event, have given me less than first place, which oh. is totally, which is totally yeah. allowed. And, you know, it is, but not if you're dancing on time. I mean, <laughs> whatever they saw, they, they thought it was bad enough to. Yeah. OK. <laughs> um, yeah. So I will say yeah, absolutely, I'm sure. And, and I'm not going to even make a speculation of like why yeah. I get a bad mark. Is it oh because of discrimination or is it because they didn't like something that they saw because very often a judge will just tell me afterwards whether it's like, hey, I didn't like your costume. Hey, your movement was yeah. not great. Yeah. Hey, I, just, I love you and respect you, but I can never accept this as a competitive product. And they're all very open about it. Right. And I have found that the people that are just truly have no budge, budging room in their brains for it, are that's a very small percentage of yeah. the judging. Well, extreme. that's good to hear. That's good to hear. All right. Now let's talk about my favorite thing, as you know. Uh, <laughs> costumes specifically yep. your smooth okay first of all you look extremely handsome and dapper in tails so we'll just get that out of the way but <laughs> i specifically want to talk about your smooth costumes as a follow i alluded to this before i i i like that you don't wear a suit but i like that you don't wear a dress i mean i like that your costumes represent this you know the smooth dancing and they're very unique and i just how do you how do you arrive at your designs how do you come up with them <laughs> well i know who designs them because i have yeah, one it's, dresses. it's joey yeah. santos who's fabulous but are you involved in the design process is this something that you let him have full reign over tell me about that um probably to joey's chagrin i am very involved um i usually <laughs> come in with um, colors, stones, patterns, ideas, like a cut, a total look that I kind of have fabricated in my brain. Right. And maybe that's a deeper discussion about how I get to those <laughs> ideas. Yeah, maybe but... we'll have you back and on our costuming <laughs> uh, topic. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it has a lot to do with, and I will say like my costumes have changed from the very first one to what I'm wearing now. Uh -huh. um, what's accepted has changed. I think the general like uh, response to the, from the public as far as like, oh my God, is this like cross-dressing has changed a lot. So like time has changed. But Yeah. Well, I mean, um, our culture just in general has changed. Yeah. So. And I, think, I think it's also like, it just, the, the general ballroom public just needed some examples to kind of, you know, right. wet the eyes, wet the tongue, if you will. I mean, your designs are very, very tasteful and they're beautiful and so they, the goal, they suit you, know. you, you know? I'll go in and I, um, you know, I love watching like fashion shows and like high couture fashion. So there's always right. like you know, very structured geometry, things that like transcend what we would consider typically a masculine um, costuming uh, shaping, which is like in more geometric lines. Right. Whereas, you know, a lady is, has more fluid, more volume kind of thing at the lower right. half of the skirt. Right. And so I keep those things in mind. Like I definitely want to borrow both of those things. Right. And, 
when I look at like what do we accept for like male skating figure skaters, yeah, right. I mean, I'm sure they all have perceptions about what a male sk figure skater likes to do in the privacy of their bedroom, but like there are plenty of of heterosexual non conservative like right right humans that that will put on tights and and sparkles and go dances. Oh, yeah, make, uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, so like my my number one principle is like I just want to be able to not stand out and actually that's maybe the goal that i have is that when i go on the floor and i'm having to compete against these traditional couples because we don't have really a same-sex division i want my costuming to fit in i want it to yes. look like the judge isn't um, having to pick me out of a crowd because of the costuming right being obscene or obtuse or being loud or anything that's not uh, in favor of the movement right uh, and, and i think arun i think you articulated it much better than I did, but I think that is why I really like your costuming is because it doesn't distract me and I can watch you dance. That's always been the goal. And and, yeah. and I think, you know, I will credit it to the very first coaches that kind of saw us doing same sex. And we had brought in some people that we knew would be very critical of it. But the goal and the, the, the purpose and the main um, viewpoint has always been how do we prove that this is a viable product via movement, via quality, via like right. traditional things that these judges can identify, okay, the feet are accurate to what we know, the shaping is accurate to what we know, the amount of rotation, the alignments, all these things are recognizable in our eyes. And so maybe that'll help them see past the fact that it's not the gender they're expecting in that role. And so it's always been about the movement. And I think every time like the costuming has fallen short of that and we've gotten, you know, a lot of negative views on some of the pieces, it's always been because it's been distracting. It's not, it's right. never let the movement actually sing. Right. And I've, I've kind of come to the terms that probably every lady hears that at some point. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many. <laughs> I am like, the queen of being invigilated by, with my costumes. Uh, Invigilation. Oh, I mean, yeah. coaches will just tell you that looks bad on you. Like, I mean, you know, all, all sorts of people. Yeah. Everyone goes through that kind of yeah, discovery. Yeah, what is yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Now I have to ask this question because first of all, I want to say that I do not want to see you in a pair of pumps. I just do not. But sure. <laughs> what I just don't think I want to see that. But what are your thoughts on the argument that some competitors I have heard bring that it is unfair? fair and unfair advantage not to be in a high-heeled smooth pump what do you what, is, what are your thoughts on that um at the risk of sounding like a man <laughs> which you do sorry <laughs> i know i know no. <laughs> um at the risk of sounding like a misogynist i would say then prove it like right. there's, no, there's no rule that says every lady has to be in a thin-heeled smooth pump now that is the standard that is what is looked at that is what right. is competitively accepted the rule book does not state that you have to be in. That's a correct. Pump. That's absolutely correct. Before I had my hip surgery, I wore a one inch Cuban. Well, it was a little. I had it custom made. It was kind sure. of a Cuban heel, but it had it went in a little bit more, so it yeah. looked kind of. And I did that because I physically couldn't move, and no one complained yeah. about that to me. No. So I will say yes. Okay, feet feet and movement are harder in heels. I have done it. I have tried it. Mad respect for the ladies that feel. And certainly for an industry, mad respect for the ladies that survive an industry that imposes that expectation onto them. 
competitively. Um, I personally, like I follow in again, a one and a half, one and an inch and a half Cuban. Right. And it's a lady's Cuban. So it's balanced for a, a, allegedly a lady's, a, fifth, foot. Mm-hmm. a lady's foot per se. Um, and they do like from my company that I buy shoes from, they feel different than the men's Cubans. And, but I, I choose the ladies Cubans. They're a little more delicate in the shape and they allow me to have a lot more, um, I think external visual articulation of the foot. Right. And I love fun patterns, but I dance in that heel. And some ladies have said, you know, why are you in this and not in the thin heel? And this just is what I, this is what I dance in. It's what to me looks most appropriate as far yeah. as, again, what is the judge going to look, look at? If they can't knock every professional Latin guy who's wearing the exact same shoe as me, then they're not going to knock me. Right. As far as like a fashion as a guy, like you said, you don't want to see me in a pump. No, it, <laughs> that would don't. be so distracting. I don't think I would look at anything above your ankles. I mean, I'm sorry. Would, it would be yeah, very no. distracting. <laughs> and I, I would make the argument if there was a guy that really could own a pump and feel comfortable in a pump and yeah, dance well in a pump. Yeah. I think it could be just as non-distracting. I'm not that guy. I do not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's who I am. Um, and I, I want to stay true to like wearing things that I feel good in. And so like, all those ladies that say it's a challenge, I mean, you can wear your Cuban heels. And if your marks go up because suddenly your feet are much better because you have a much easier time, then like why that, not, that's, right? that's your choice to trade off. And if the trade off is, you know, I'm wearing more comfortable shoes and my feet are better. And I think the judges are going to mark me better. Go ahead and do that. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the reality is going to be that the trade off is that the judges are going to knock you for wearing those Cuban heels. Right. Uh, but at that point, like, Again, I'm looking at all the footwork requirements that is required of any lady at that level. Um, I will always have mad respect for that. I just can never put a heel on. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's certainly harder to do it in a thin heel, but no one's stopping anyone that really has a personal gripe with that from doing it yeah. themselves. I think I think yeah. the 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 biases and the obstacles that confront a, a same sex couple kind of balance out the whole shoot thing probably but i don't know that's just my opinion yeah i mean like i, I will say any bad mark that i receive it's not because i'm wearing the wrong shoes <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah same they, with me yeah right. they're watching something else and they've seen something that justifies that it's not the yeah. shoe <laughs> yeah well arun as we prepare to wrap up our conversation i have two questions first hmm. where can we catch you on the dance floor next where are you competing next I think the first on my schedule to dance at this year will be New York Dance Festival. Okay. And I'll be, I have a busy spring because I help, uh, I work at a lot of competitions on the administrative Right, season. right. And spring is like my very, very, very busy season, but I definitely will be popping into New York Dance Festival. And I think I will also dance at Beach Bash and Emerald. Those will be my spring. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to give a shout out to the, the comps that you are supporting and working behind the scenes at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my my number one shout out will be my hometown comp run by my hometown coach, and that's Lorinda and Gateway Dance Sport Championships. Okay. And major shout out because we're moving to a, an incredible historic hotel, like a landmark national landmark hotel with a beautiful ballroom and really just an exceptional part of a beautiful old world European type historic city, which St. Louis is. But oh, neglect. I love it. We lived in St. Louis for a year. I love St. Louis. Know. So we're at yeah. the Chase Park Plaza. We're at in a beautiful, like right on the corner of Forest Park. And uh, oh, we wow. cannot wait to be there. It's going to be one of the finest venues on the national circuit. Okay. Um, and then when, my, when um, is that event? I'm sorry to interrupt you. When is yeah, that yeah, event? Yeah. That's second weekend of March. So March okay. 6th through 9th. Um, oh, okay. 
And uh, yeah, entries are open. So anyone wants to come, come on over. <laughs> We've got great prize money and um, awesome trophies. All of our trophies and prizes are heirloom crystal. Oh, so wow. You can build a nice set for your bar, for your, your uh, China collection, whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's my shout out. I think I'm super excited for Gateway this year. It's my hometown. It's where I was raised. And I'm excited to see the NDC event there really kind of upgrade itself um, yeah. to a national level event. So really happy about that. All right. Now, finally, any words of wisdom you'd like to leave with the folks listening who might be considering same-sex yeah. couple or same-sex dancing? Um. Just do it. If it's really in your body and your heart, um, go ahead and do it, but do it the right way. And know that if you, um, unfortunately, we have yet to have the privilege of being able to be non-serious recreational same-sex dancers within the NDCA. We have yet to have that opportunity in the same way that a lay person could go and just have a fun and dance like crap and yada, yada, yada. Just know that eyes will be on you. And so if you want to do it and you care about it, do it correctly, you know, spend your time doing the traditional work that every other partnership uh, same sex or not is doing do your bronze do your silver do your like don't be afraid of the traditional work um and my second piece of advice is that for all of those big scary judges that have you know maybe you seem like they publicly are against same sex or that they wouldn't do it my most productive coaches and sources of information and sources of support are the coaches that initially had major problems with it and sticking by them and respecting their opinion and how it comes and uh, shapes my same sex dancing has been like the most educational thing, because if you can please the hardest and most uh, vocal dissenters, you can please anybody, um, including yourself. And so maybe that's not great general advice because it's no, more that's, competitive. That's, that's good advice. That's actually very good advice. And I want to thank you for coming on the podcast it's been sure. really nice catching up and talking to you and as always happy that's all folks if you're a fan of coffee break with the dancing housewife click the like button share us with your friends and be sure to tune in every week New episodes drop on Mondays at 4 a.m. Eastern Time.